The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Come in, pro wrestling fans. Here on a weekend edition, Saturday edition of Busted Open. I'm Ryan McKinnell. Got our pal Andreas Hale along for the ride here on a Saturday. And on today's episode, we look ahead well to Sunday as Ric Flair, the nature boy, has his final match in the squared circle. We talk Rick's legacy and what to expect coming up on Sunday. We also talk about, speaking of what to expect, what is going to happen at SummerSlam through the lens of the one and only advocate, Paul Heyman. Could a change be on the horizon? Could allegiances be shifting? Well, you'll have to tune in and find out, and it wouldn't be a Saturday edition of Busted Open if we didn't give you weekly winner, our best show for the week that was in professional wrestling. So sit back, relax, and click play. Let's get it going. Busted Open on Saturday. It's only fitting that we talk about Ric Flair, uh, and we play the Migos there, Ric Flair drip. Like, this dude is an absolute cultural icon. I don't think there's any way around it. You can think what you want about tonight's retirement match for the Nature Boy, right? You can, you, I mean, listen, no one is going to disagree that he is v- old. Like, you can't, you, numbers don't lie, right? 73 is 73, Dre's popping over there, right? Like, I don't know how you could possibly shape it any other way. I don't need to see my heroes going out in a ring at 73 years old, but I'm also not going to be the one that tells Ric Flair he can't do something. If that man wants to perish in a ring, dude, by all means, you can wrestle 50 more matches. If that's what you want, you've earned that right. Like Ric Flair has earned the right to go out on his own terms. And it is wild, Dre. Like, okay, we hear that song coming back, right? Like the dude's got rap songs after him, like uh, the the memes, the sayings. I mean, again, he's a cultural icon, but again, he's at the level, Dre, where Few reside, right? He breathes rarefied air. He is that special company um, in in a business full of special company and full of larger-than-life heroes and in in a business full of characters. Ric Flair stands above the fray. And I'm going into tonight, Dre, with the assumption that this is his final match. And, uh, I mean, from that standpoint, I I am excited because – I don't think it's often that you get that something like pro wrestling where a guy like Ric Flair makes his final walk to the ring. And I I know we kind of got it with HBK and that's what it was supposed to be. But 
you know what it is. We saw him in TNA after that, and there were you know there were a few other moments. So this, um, if done right, could be a really special moment uh, that goes down tonight in this Ric Flair retirement match. Yeah, I want to hit on one of the first things you said. Like, if Ric Flair wants yeah. to perish in a wrestling ring, that is poetic, right? That would probably be the yep. way he would choose to go. If you ask Ric Flair how mm-hmm. he wanted to his life to end, it would be in a wrestling ring. Because unlike a lot of other wrestlers who go on to other ventures and entertainment in Hollywood, Ric Flair is essentially pro wrestling through and through. Like, this is all he knows, yeah. and there's nothing else out there. Like. He's had tons of wives, just like he's had tons of robes. But when it comes to pro wrestling, that's his one true love. And that's what makes his final so-called final match interesting to me because, yeah, we can't debate he's old because, like you said, the numbers don't lie. The man is old. Like, he has a pacemaker, for Christ's sakes. But (laughs) what else is he going to do, right? What else is he going to do? He, I'm... This is one of those things like when I play pro wrestling video games, I'm always intrigued by how the entrances looked. This is like one of my favorite parts of the game with this match, just seeing Flair with that final ro- walkout. And I think Conrad Thompson just posted the robe that Flair is wearing tonight. That's that's oh, what I want to see like that. That to me is Ric Flair. And it's funny because he's been referenced in pop culture so many times. Even the Migos, I think one of them, Offset or Quavo, one of them said that they helped bring Ric Flair into relevance. It's like, nah, bro, you're you're missing the bus here. Like Ric Flair is relevant with or yeah. without your, you know, your song. Yeah, 100%. but just to see him make that walk with that song, with that blonde hair, with the woo, you know, with whatever they, however the match plays out, I don't really care in the grand scheme of things. I love when I see wrestlers enjoying what they do and Ric Flair is going to cry. We know that. I don't know when it's going to happen. It can happen when he's walking out. It can happen when he gets a hot tag. It can happen when he gets pinned. I don't know when it's going to happen, but that emotion. It can happen when he gets a hot tag. Could you imagine? I'm saying he can get a hot tag, you know, trying to crawl through that middle rope and he's weeping. (laughs) It's facts. But but the fact when we see that, (laughs) we understand what he is feeling in that moment. And those are the moments in pro wrestling that are actually pretty beautiful. When people, yeah. I mean, they're, they're getting their ass kicked for our entertainment, right? They're, they're doing a predetermined finish show with <clears throat> glorified stunts for some people and hurting themselves for us. And he enjoys that. He enjoys what he gives to us. So seeing him in that element, if the match sucks, I don't care. I really don't care. I just need to see it. And that's that's why they had to move to a bigger venue, because everybody needs to see it, because Ric Flair is pro wrestling. Yeah, he is pro wrestling. And not just, like, one era or two eras. This dude was doing this before I was birthed on planet Earth, and I'm about to be 39 years old. I don't know a world that Ric Flair doesn't exist. That is is I cannot contextualize that anymore. I have gray in my beard, I'm bald, I'm old, and Ric Flair is about to have another match. I like how are you uh, you you have to be able to compartmentalize that and look at the bigger picture. And that bigger picture is Andreas, shit man, we're probably never going to see this again. Like real talk. We'll probably right. never see another 73 year old with this status getting ESPN headlines. Right. Because think about the pieces that were out there. Like even my boy, I was telling my buddy, he doesn't like pro wrestling. I was talking to him about Flair. He's like, yeah, I just saw something on ESPN. Like he's having a match. Like how old is that dude? Right. 
But again, this is a guy that didn't even watch in the Attitude Era. Like, he despises pro wrestling. But even he knew about Ric Flair coming back this weekend because that's what Ric Flair represents. Pop culture, America, the business of professional wrestling. And then back to my original point, Andreas Hale, multiple generations of pro wrestling. Not just one or two. Dude. So, Ryan, you just talked about not being able to go to festivals anymore, right? Because the wheels hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ric Flair is still wrestling. He's wrestled longer than your life. And we're complaining about festivals. Yeah. This is crazy. This is, I mean, listen, just like just like you, I grew up on Ric Flair, right? Chi-Town Rumble yeah. with the Steamboat yep. match is one of my favorite matches, right? Like the funk feuds yes. in WCW. It was the reason why I watched NWA WCW and was like, like there's an alternate the alternative to WWF at the time. And it was Ric Flair. And it was like the, the perennial heel, like as Hogan was a perennial baby face, Ric Flair was the perennial heel. And as I've watched him, I was like, man, there are very few people that you wanted to be like as a kid. And I was like, dude, the Rolexes, the limousines, kissing the girls, taking a ride on space mountain. I was like, I, I want to be like Ric Flair. Now, as time has gone on, especially after the plane ride from hell, we was like, mm, I don't know if I really want to be like Ric Flair, but the fact remains is that, Ric Flair is this business. The, the the warts and the brilliance and the beauty of that diamond is all Ric Flair. The robes and the nonsense that happens behind the scenes. The fact that he's still wrestling at 73 years old is Ric Flair. And you're right. I don't think we'll ever see anybody like this. There's, there's way too many things for people to do than to just wrestle for 40-something years and, and give up their body to this business. But he's done that. <laughs> yeah, Ric Flair would have been... Yeah, Twitch streaming 20 years ago if he was operating in, t- in today's <laughs> world, right? You'd, you'd get your bag somewhere else or you'd fill that uh, void. But it, again, that also speaks volumes to the generation that he comes from, Andreas. There were no options, right? Like, I mean, yeah, you Terry Funk was in Hollywood a little bit. Roddy Roddy Piper was in Hollywood. I guess Hollywood was kind of always there but if you didn't have that plug or you weren't suited out for uh, uh cut out for it i should say andreas uh you know a lot of times that business entertainment it would pass you by but uh it never happened with rick flair because number one the shape he kept himself in which i i just i don't think it gets mentioned enough i know brett hart has talked about it at length but in terms of like go factor like rick flair could go with the best of anyone and that's because again the quintessential pro wrestler Andreas, but from an era where pro wrestlers were absolutely born and bred. I mean, you just look up at uh, Robbinsdale or, or up there in Minnesota and the people that came uh, from that area. You just look at all the talent. We were talking about Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect. And, I mean, hell, by the time that happened, Rick had already been doing it for like 15 years, right? Um, it, he just He's cut from that OG cloth, right? And, I mean, it goes without saying the dude's 73 years old. But he also, again came up during the television era, right? Like, I'm glad you brought up the WCW and NWA. Like, because that, for me, that's the most important part of his legacy. When the WWF was having WrestleMania and Hulk Hogan was doing his thing and Cindy Lauper was showing up and Mr. T was there, and then obviously it gets brought into the late 80s and early 90s, Flair was always there on the other side of things, along with Sting as a babyface in WCW. But Flair was just the obvious other guy in the world of pro wrestling and he did that while not being in the WWF. Like, I don't know if people, if they weren't a part of that, uh, Dre, if they can fully understand just how big and how important he was to the entire business. No, I mean, dude, let's be honest. He kept another company afloat and competitive because he was yeah. Ric Flair. Yeah. Like, 
the yeah. the Starcade, all the star. I mean, the feuds with Harley Race, the feuds with Dusty Rhodes, the feud. I mean, even the feud with Lex Luger when they tried to make Lex, Lex Luger a made yeah. man. I mean, yeah, you talk about Sting, but it, it was Flair. Flair was the element that kept all those people intact, and he made people, even though he had so many heel wins and heel and the. Like he cheated the brass knucks in the trunks. It was like one of my favorite things that Flair did. The feet on the ropes. Like, but he was that guy. Like he was the reason why you tuned in every week. He's like, who can beat Ric Flair? This is driving me crazy. As a kid, you're emotionally invested. And I was so annoyed. I was like, why does he keep winning? Why can't anybody beat him? And then he had the horseman. Dude, come on, man. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest faction in pro wrestling. And people talk about the shield. I don't care. I don't care how many iterations of the horsemen. The one, the one true element was Ric Flair. And we all know what happens when you throw them four fingers up. That is cultural relevance outside of pro wrestling because everybody knows what that means. Ric Flair is, he's the man and he didn't need the WWF to make him the man. As a matter of fact, as we all know, he spent a cup of coffee his first trip in, in WWF. Greatest Royal Rumble win ever. But yeah, 100%. 92. They kind of, they, you know, they shit the bed. You know, the, the Hogan Flair match never happened that we all wanted mm. and whatever. But Flair went back to WCW and it was still relevant. Even with the NWO, he could still cut some of his greatest promos of all time. So, man, I mean, you can hate on Ric Flair all you want. But like I said, if the man wants to die in the ring, dude, we can have, we can do the funeral there. We can, we can set it all up because that's where he is born, bred, lives and dies. The man survived a plane crash to continue to wrestle. This man is unreal. Mm -hmm. And he survived the attitude era, the pre-attitude era, the after attitude era. I mean, this dude survived uh, for all of this time wrestling some during the most chaotic, confusing times in pro wrestling history. And Dre, when you talk about the NWO, uh, I think that was a really important sort of foil for him because when he went back to WCW, it was just a short while after, right? The NWO would come along and Rick was always along with like Sting. Uh, but he was always that quintessential WCW guy. And I feel like it added a bit an element of intrigue. Now, I know there was a lot of chaos and a lot of back, uh, back room dealings and a lot of, uh, you know, backstabbing and a lot of, you know, conjecture on what may have happened uh, during those years. But one thing that we know is, is, you know, Rick stayed true to WCW right up until the very end. You know what I mean? And um, I'm sure that holds a special place in his heart as well as, you know, Jim Crockett. You saw the uh, Jim Crockett pro uh, promotions uh, set up that Conrad put out yesterday for the photo ops and everything. I thought that was awesome. Uh, I think we're going to get a lot of nostalgia tonight, Dre. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, w with this match, um, you know, he's got his son-in-law in there. He's got Jeff Jarrett and he's got Jay Lethal and whatever Jay That's Lethal right. is about to do is about to be incredible. Right. You know, um, Ric Flair's last week. And I'm glad, I'm glad cause you, you said tonight, but it's actually Sunday. I'm glad it's not going head to head with everything yes. else that's going on. Yes, I'm glad it's allowed to stand on its own and be the only show in town on Sunday night. And the people that are yeah. in Nashville, if there was one thing, this is a strange thing to say, but if there was one thing that Vince McMahon would go to that wasn't his business and now that he's retired, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if he showed up at Ric Flair's last match. I, I, I just wouldn't. Yeah. I don't think he will, considering all the controversy surrounding it. But it's one of those, <clears throat> excuse me, it's one of those things that you want to see, right? Like you have to be there. I was there for Ric Flair's last match. Whether it truly is his last match or not, whatever, we know his build is such. So that's what we're going to stick with. We, that's what we're going to hold yeah. ourselves to. <laughs> Ric have to prove us wrong. That's a story, and we're sticking to it tomorrow. 
That's right, Andreas. Tomorrow, Ric Flair's retirement match going down in Nashville. It can be seen on Fight TV. You know the deal. You know the damn deal. It's Ric Flair's final match. And, Dre, that is a really sneaky good card from top to bottom. Like, they did a great job going out and pulling some of the best uh, folks, some of the best workers in the business, male and female, and putting them on this card. Which, you know what I mean? Like, that should be a great a uh, bit of shine, right? Some be some great exposure for these other wrestlers uh, that we all like and enjoy so much that maybe the rest of the world hasn't, you know, uh, seen. Because let's be honest, right? This is going to bring in uh, a decent amount of casual viewers because it is the pop culture icon, Ric Flair. Yeah, <clears throat> so people are going to tune in, and you're going to get a Laredo Kid, Taurus, Ray Phoenix, and Bandito match. Woo! Come on, man! Let's you're going to get an opportunity. That's going to be that get- shit. But you're getting an opportunity in four corners, man. See Alan Angels, Jonathan Gresham, Takesta, and Nick Wayne. The kid Nick Wayne. Wow. So if you're going to introduce people to, to certain talent, like, they've they've loaded this card. And then once again, that all means, like, the main event could suck in terms of technical skill. But everything else you're getting there, you're getting Jordan Grace, Deanna Parazzo, and Rachel Ellering. Right? Like, this is a this yep. is a very good show. This is a very good show that people should tune into. Josh Alexander versus Jacob Fatu. Bruh. That's going to be a banger. They just took the best of the world of pro wrestling and brought it in for this event tomorrow night for Ric Flair's final match. Like you're like Jordan Grace, right? One of the best females in the entire business, right? The tag team match, Laredo Kid. You're getting some of the best that AAA has to offer, right? Like you're, it's really kind of like a smorgasbord of multiple promotions, and you see why everybody got behind it, like. It's good business for everybody involved, including the WWE. Like, it just, it's good for professional wrestling because, again, this stuff doesn't happen. You don't no. get a Ric Flair. You don't get someone at 73 that you want to see that, you, that you're talking about, again, that's being on ESPN. So if you have it, if it is being a reality, you know, fire all the guns, sound all the sirens, do everything you got to do, right, to make this thing a banger because, again, Ric Flair deserves it. He deserves do what other match? I mean, another match I want to mention: the Motor City Machine Guns versus the Wolves. Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards back together. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. This is this is a loaded card, and it's an honor for a lot of these talents to work on Ric Flair's last yeah. match. And as a fan, you sh- you might as well tune in, man, because you're about to get something really good, and you're gonna get Ric Flair tears and blood. He's going to bleed. He'll probably bleed on his way to the ring. Oh my god! <laughs> he probably, he's probably gonna cut himself in his robe on the way to the ring. I need I need those prop bets and I need to take the parlay uh, with cries and blood or like which one happens first tears or blood mm. blood or tears uh, if both happen what do I get like plus four fifty like yeah I'm gonna need those lines bust open nation come through you so, know it's like a minus fifteen hundred have... on a Ric Flair bleeding <laughs> no, you notice like I said the odds are so cry. absurd minus two thousand <laughs> is Ric Flair gonna bleed like. It, it really, yeah, it boils down to the timing. Like, you start the stopwatch. Again, he could be bleeding on his way to the ring. I don't know. He could be, he could be bleeding on a hot tag. He might just step through the ropes and he's leaking. I, I don't know. It's compelling, did though. Anyone, did anyone ever bleed better in this entire business in its history than Ric Flair and that blonde hair and the way it would get all matted up, that white blonde hair and just the blood? I mean, it, I just think back to so many matches, so many moments of that crazy son of a bitch just covered with that crimson mask and it riding up into his hairline. And man, that guy got it. From, and from and top he knew to how to show it. 
there's like this thing yes. you know like they say they go to wwe and you got to learn to work the hard cam you got to know where you're at at all times if you watch mm-hmm. rick flair matches when he cuts him when he's bleeding he knows how to show it the like you said the blonde hair makes it look so much better but there's a thing he used oh, to yeah. throw his head back and you would see the blood like leaking on his face and as a kid i would be like this is i didn't know what i was like dude he bleeds all the time why doesn't any other wrestler bleed like this like it's an art rick flair <laughs> bleeding is a straight up art and other wrestlers just couldn't do it like rick rick is incredible at it Bleeds a little bit too much for my liking he bleeds every day like he probably woke up this morning (laughs) bleeding but here we are man the scar tissue is crazy the dude knows how to paint a beautifully violent picture he is one of the best to ever do it and rick flair is back in action in just 24 hours live on fight tv down there in nashville for rick flair's final match we'll be watching well because we're pro wrestling fans, but you should be watching too, Busted Open Nation. Celebrate the life of Ric Flair as he steps in the ring for what we're assuming is the final time. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. The landscape of pro wrestling is evolving, which means more options for fans. So many activities. What was the best show this week? You ain't first, you're last. The week's over, so get over. This is the Busted Open Weekly Winner. Yeah! That's right, pro wrestling fans. It's our three here on a Busted Open Saturday, and it is weekly winner time where myself and today's host andreas hale give you our best show that was in the week of professional wrestling and dre last week when i hopped on quickly i thought it was a really average week i went with dynamite but i wasn't you know particularly comfortable with it i thought every show was like a six out of ten like it there was nothing that jumped off the page right, right. this week i feel like we had a couple shows that were around the seven and a half, eight out of ten mark, uh, and I really specifically got to start with Monday night. I don't know how everybody else felt. I know that it was a three-hour show, and that's always going to be a little bit laborious and like kind of drug out or whatever. But 
the matches itself, right, like the show itself, I really enjoyed the flow of Monday Night Raw, especially for it being three hours. It was a lot of match-centric storytelling. The, the promos were short, sweet, and concise. They had character to them. They, they had uh, like a freestyle element. There was a comfortability that was there. I just I can't say enough good things about the trajectory seemingly that Monday Night Raw Drake could be on. Yeah, I mean, you open up with a brawl with Logan Paul and the Miz and you're off to the races from that point. Like it felt like we were watching yeah. a show that was changing, not necessarily a different show, but a show that put more perspective right. on an emphasis on what was happening in the ring. And it was it was a fun show. Like these mm-hmm. Raw and SmackDown this week Again, like you said earlier, maybe we're just looking really hard for the change, and that's why we're seeing this. It might be. But, the, that but might these be were two. That. Yes, these were two solid go sh- go home shows. These weren't like the greatest go home shows that we've ever seen. But this, these no. were two solid no. final week shows right before a major pay per view, and I enjoyed them. It wasn't a chore to watch, and that's always good for pro wrestling. And I look forward to what it could mean for the future in terms of cohesive long-term booking and storytelling because that was is always my problem with WWE start an angle it stops in three weeks what happened to Sami Zayn where's Shayna Baszler yada 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 like that list can go on right the idea is hopefully as these months go by that gets sort of hunkered down and you have people behind the curtain that aren't you know bending to every whim or like when when something happens or they're having a bad day like I don't know but like I have no way to explain some of the erratic booking outside of just one man Vince McMahon and him changing his mind on the fly ripping up reportedly scripts 30 minutes before they go live on a Monday night raw like that for us as viewers that shit can't happen because believe it or not we do pay attention and the stories are why we pay attention we need to be invested i hope and it looks like dre they're going to give us more reasons to be invested and and that is just an awesome thing because we're watching anyway right we got to do these shows we got to talk about wwe and what we feel like but so often i feel like we're being negative but that's just because it was a negative product at different points over and over again but you can't again to your point, Friday and Monday, you can't watch those shows and not say they were, you know, entertaining. I'm not saying again, they were nine out of tens. They weren't like the best go home shows, but they were strong. They were cohesive and they left me wanting to watch SummerSlam coming up here in just a few hours tonight. Yeah, I mean, you know, anything's better than seeing uh, Theory and Bobby Lashley uh, fight over baby oil and a pose down, right, to close the show, right? Oh like, you God. can't have that happen. Oh, my God. It's just not it's it, it's not intriguing. <sighs> this, on the other hand, clo- keep it clean, like close clean. Keep, keep me hanging on the thread, but as long as we get the nonsense out of there, I think we're on a good path. And I think I think we're headed on a good path with the way they close both Raw and SmackDown this week. And I think heading into a pay-per-view, that's what you need. You need to generate interest. Baby oil does not generate interest. Baby oil does not generate interest. Put that shit on my tombstone. What do you think as we move over to Tuesday night, Dre? Uh, NXT 2.0. I feel like it's starting to get some more footing underneath him, trying to figure out some feuds, get a better idea of where that show's going. I still don't have it back in weekly winner territory yet, right? Like it was a couple years ago when it was going head-to-head with AEW Dynamite seemingly every week. But with Triple H back in charge, with him having say over NXT again, I can't help but think uh, that there are brighter days ahead for NXT 2.0. And and I'm I'm starting to see a little bit of that turn happening right now. It's not every week, but there's 
there's a little bit more cohesion and a little bit better storytelling on Tuesdays. I, I hope it continues. The pendulum swing from good wrestling to bad wrestling on 2.0, it's, it's such a, a dramatic swing, right? Like, yeah. the yeah. Creed brothers are incredible. I love watching the Creed brothers. I think they've got something with the Creed brothers. I mean, obviously, they have something with yeah. somebody like Carmelo Hayes. Zoe Stark coming back. I think they got something with her. But then, like, you have Indy Hartwell, and you go back to the last Legend match from a few weeks ago and how bad that was. It, like, you have green talent working green talent, and then you have, like, some mm -hmm. guys that work the indie scene, working some of the, the younger talent. It's like this mix. And there's still this, like, weird character-driven thing. Like, I just can't get over the Tony D'Angelo stuff. I hate it. I want it to go away so bad. But 2.0 is, you can see that they're finding their footing in certain areas. Um, they, got, they got some work to do. I don't know what we're doing with Wesley. Uh, Apollo Crews, uh, being an NXT, I mean, at least he's on my TV. Like, I, I love watching that man work. Yeah. yeah. But... Yeah. They got two point has got some work to do. It's not close to my weekly winner yet. It's still, yeah. it's, it's not, it's sometimes I watch it and I was like, how is this on TV? Like, how is some of this stuff on television? And that baffles me, but maybe they'll figure it out. I don't know if, if Hunter will have anything to do with that. Cause clearly right now it's Shawn Michaels show. And mm, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, now we move over to Wednesday night. Uh, and I know everyone's already rolling their eyes and getting their, their groans ready, especially those WWE loyalists. And guys, Sorry. we aren't some AEW homers. We love pro wrestling, all right? And if you were honest with yourself, look deep in your heart. <laughs> find it in yourself to find a better show than what we saw on Wednesday. Now, I talked about last week. It was pretty even. Honestly, you could have thrown it almost to anyone, and I wouldn't have disagreed with you, right? If you tell me that Dynamite wasn't the best show this week in professional wrestling, I'm going to call you a liar, and I'm going to question if you even watched every show. Andreas, when you kick that shit off with Moxley and Roosh, then you have the Ricky Starks and Danhausen match, mm. which really was highlighted by the turn of Powerhouse Hobbs, right? Uh, that are that yeah that happened after a uh, hook came out and they had that back and forth right Sammy Guevara and Dante Martin get out of here that was crazy right you had the handicap match with Swerve and Nice against with Smart Mark Sterling you had the Thunder Rosa match and then you had the match of the week maybe the match of the month one of those matches that you will never forget if you are a pro wrestling fan Daniel Garcia going over on Brian Danielson I I didn't see that coming did you see that coming. No, not at all. And I think they played it well. I know there's some people out there was like, why, you know, this is how you elevate young talent. And Daniel Garcia yep. and Wheeler Utah, these guys are the future of AEW and they're planting their seeds very well. And this match was constructed in a way that Daniel Garcia didn't go over clean. They had to have Hager hold Danielson's leg. Danielson was compromised. Like he's still dealing with his injuries. They, they called back to the, the drop kick the, off the top rope that started this yep. whole concussion thing. Yeah, This was an excellent, put, well put together match. Danielson's just, I mean, I've always thought about like, this man is going to end up on somebody's Mount Rushmore when it comes to pro wrestling. Cause this he's man is it. just incredible. Yo, he, he's on it right now. Like if For you me, tell me now, listen, it's, it's all, yeah, it's all subjective, right? Art is subjective. If you tell me Brian Danielson is on your Mount Rushmore of the top four greatest wrestlers of all time, I am not going to argue with you one iota, not even nope. a little bit. He has all the credentials and let's be honest, Andreas, every time the dude steps in the ring, he passes the eye test. He is incapable of having a bad match cut from 
the Bret Hart cloth. Cut yep. from the Mr. Perfect cloth. Like, cut from the best of the best, the cleanest of the clean. Brian Danielson is that dude in 2022. Make no mistake. He, he's incredible. And I want to go back to the, uh, the Powerhouse Hobbs heel turn. Yeah. The Ricky Starks yeah. promo after getting choked out by Hook. If the, Fire. Look, Ricky Starks is a star. They have done yep. the, what they did well with this particular show is they have they are identifying the future and they're putting a spotlight on them. Like we all knew Ricky Starks had it. But when he cuts this promo after beating Dan House and then the turn by Powerhouse Hobbs, everybody, every, you saw social media explode and was like, well, he's the guy. He is the guy. Ricky Starks is the guy. But then you see Daniel Garcia and you're like, well, wait, he's the guy too. He's the guy because he just went over. Then you Martin. look at Willie, Willie Uta. Oh, he's the guy. They have, they have done well by, they have these veterans. And this is what I talk about when I say 2.0. Mm-hmm. It's like, you have younger talent, but you have to elevate them with somebody. But you have to do it in a way that's, that it's, it doesn't seem stupid, right? Danielson putting Garcia over, when you watch the match and how it plays out, it makes sense. And Daniel Garcia being a sports entertainer does very well in this role. And it, it, I just think, I mean, from top to bottom, Dynamite just had a great show. I don't know what Tony Khan was on this day, but he realized he was like, I'm putting on a hell of a show this week. And like you said, Dynamite last week was eh. this one was yeah. very, very damn good. Yeah. And that's the I mean, I guess that's the fun thing about pro wrestling, right, is it can have it a completely different flow from week to week. And you can have a show last week where you kind of watch it and you were like, again, it was like, eh, it was fine. It was I, it was my best show of the week uh, again. But that was a pretty weak week. It was just it was pretty average in terms of shows. But this week, everyone stepped up. Raw stepped up. Smackdown stepped up. Impact had a solid show. Even NXT 2.0 had a solid show. But it was one of those weeks where. I mean, did you watch Wednesday night? Like, I, again, I don't I, 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 I hate Weekly Winner now. Like, I dread it because I'm picking Dynamite every time and I can't lie. Like, I can't tell you I thought something else was better when I know damn well in my heart it wasn't better. And if you watch right. professional wrestling, Dre, and if you love professional wrestling like we love professional wrestling, I'm sorry. Dynamite was the clear runaway winner for Weekly Winner this week. Or am I tripping? No, you're not. It's no question. And, you know, you keep your tribalism. You know, if some of you listen out there is that just think that we hate WWE. No, WWE is they're putting on they're going to put on better shows. But Dynamite, hands down, just yeah. I like pro wrestling. God damn it. And it, this is what they do very well is they put on very, like are you open with Moxley and Roosh, you close with Garcia and Danielson. What yeah. am I supposed to do here? I mean, SmackDown gave us a great match with Drew Mack and Sheamus, but come on, man. Yes. Danielson and, and Garcia, and, 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 and then we didn't even talk about Thunder Rosa's match. Like, come on. Oh. They just, oh, it's just a great show. Weekly winner. Uh, I don't even think, yeah. there's not a question. We're not doing this. Yep. No. Speaking of our pal, uh, Thunder Rosa, what a promo she cut yesterday on this show. Uh, Thunder Rosa is everywhere, holding it down as the AEW World Women's Champion. Very good stuff on that show from top to bottom. Again, Dynamite gets weekly winner. I know, boo! Ooh, save your boos, oh, wait. Well, hold on, on, Ryan. We, you know what else we didn't mention? What? Jungle Boy's promo. What? Oh, my God. You are absolutely correct. Jungle Boy having his moment. Coming up and, uh, yeah, I mean, just dropping all the cuss words. He was very, very upset, little soon-to-be jungle man. Well, all the smoke for Christian. <laughs> I mean, all look, man, smoke. Christian and Jungle Boy, they have something. I, the Luchasaurus thing was a little goofy to me because the turn and gave new music just for him to turn yeah. back. That was goofy, yeah. but the, the promo made up for it. Like, Jungle Boy cutting this promo was excellent, excellent stuff. 
Jungle Man. Yeah, and I love seeing him. And I love seeing them get those memories, right, and, and plant those seeds early because you were talking about, uh, you know, Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta being the future of the company. And yes. you're absolutely right. They are. But so is Wardlow. So is Jungle Boy. So is MJF, hopefully, potentially, maybe. We'll see how that plays out, right? But it is a, <laughs> a testament when you operate in professional wrestling. And I guess we, we've been so used to – wwe over the years uh and one of the things that we've talked about when we critique wwe WE is building for the next generation like who's challenging roman reigns right like what viable challengers have you had throughout this run that really have us you know looking forward to it well look what aew just did their roman reigns is essentially brian danielson he went to the time limit draws he's wrestled all of the best we know him as the best and how do you build your future you have daniel fucking garcia go over on him which i pretty sure we were all our jaws were on the floor if you go back and you watch the crowd reaction like half of the crowd has their hands on their heads and they're slack jawed and they can't believe what they're watching that andreas hale is building towards the future yeah and it's and let's be clear i I say this a lot on social media and twitter i don't root for promotions i root for talent and the wwe is extraordinary they're loaded with talent that is just being misused like there's just a lot of talent that's just not getting the spot like they deserve they they get stuck in really crappy angles so you got to utilize the talent that you have and wwe hasn't necessarily done that over the past few years where we see people like ricochet come and go or you see kevin owens who is just a star and and he he never fails at anything that he does the man worked stone cold at wrestlemania made it look like a million bucks props to stone cold as well but you gotta like yeah you gotta establish the next generation now they're doing that with austin theory and like i'm very curious how this all plays out but it's like aw's doing with multiple talents and they're not giving you predictable finishes and i and we can start calling this the danielson special because when danielson shows up kofi mania doesn't happen without brian danielson it just doesn't. It doesn't. The, the Brian yeah, Danielson is that guy that will make you look great and then put you over. That man has no ego. His his legacy is set. He ain't got to win another championship for the rest of his life. He's set. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't win. He need to win another match. Really, like he his juice is so his equity is so long. Like in what he's done, and he's so beloved. He he just keep doing you, Brian Danielson. And, yep. and thank God, man, we're even in a position to watch this dude put on these matches and wrestle Kenny Omega mm-hmm. and wrestle Adam Cole, right? And wrestle, you know, whoever in putting over, right? What we saw uh what we saw on uh Friday when uh he put over uh uh, Daniel Garcia, Dre, like that, you said it perfectly. He doesn't have an ego. His legacy is set. Very reminiscent of some of the greats of the past. Like when, when, when they were asked to do a job, like they were completely content. And again, I bring up like a Bret Hart. Maybe that's where like my mind initially goes. But that true, deep, deep love for the business, the true locker room leader, like Danielson. I mean, I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm not in the locker room, so I guess I can't speak from that perspective. But come on, man. Like we know enough workers and talent that like how respected that dude is he's he's yeah. at the top of the food chain you know when, when you have the arguments are you a brett or a sean guy for me it always comes down to brett always wanted to make you look like a million bucks whether he won or lost his job was to make you look like a threat right like make you look great because mm-hmm. he did so many great things in the in the ring danielson has the same thing in him where it's like well i'm here not to get my shit in but i'm here to put on a great match and what does a great match take making you look good because whether I'm great or not, if it's just one sided and I'm getting all my shit and you're not doing anything, it doesn't matter. So when he's working somebody like Daniel Garcia, 
who is a great talent for anybody who's watched like PWG and him work the indies. He's tremendous, but you got to allow that man to work. And Danielson allows him to work and he makes it look good. And then he, he worked in the injury angle. So it, all the stuff is compelling, mm. man. Like Danielson is a yeah. wrestling God. Busted open is part of the Sirius XM sports podcast network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. Whether you're shopping for grads, getting an early gift for dad, or just looking for a little something new or used for your shelf, you'll find it at HPB. And you'll get almost everything for an extra 20% off during the big sale at Half Price Books this Memorial Day weekend. Saturday, May 25th through Monday, May 27th. Save big in-store at your local Half Price Books and at HPB.com. Offer cannot be combined with other coupons. Exclusions apply. To learn more, visit HPB.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.